been a long time welcome to the decom after dark podcast my name is kevin and i am your host and i'm here with my lovely co-host Lindsay. Lindsay, how's it going pretty good i'm glad to be back it's been a long time since we've done one of these but i'm happy to be back here to do it again and i'm really glad to be starting with a classic like johnny tsunami Yes, Johnny Tsunami. So, fun fact, I actually have never, I had never seen Johnny Tsunami before this. I watched Brink, then I watched, um, I hadn't seen Under Wraps, but I saw Brink, and then I like loved it, but then I had no interest in watching a movie about a kid that surfed. Well, spoilers, <laughs> it's not all about surfing. I found that out. So, let me tell you like my thoughts about Johnny Tsunami before we even get into this so my thoughts was always about it was about a kid that went surfing and then he was johnny tsunami and then he went to snowboard and he was still johnny tsunami but just so in snow and then that's the end of the story he now lives in whatever ice area and snowboards instead of surfs that's what i had just assumed the movie was about so i never looked into it further than that and boy was i wrong I'm pretty sure you just described the plot of Johnny Tsunami 2. Is, is that, is that the, back on the board? I think we're going to have to look, but we'll let you know when we it's, get there. I know it's, that sounds exactly yes. like the plot to number two in my head. But I'm going to have to check, out, check it out when we get around to watching Johnny Tsunami back on the board. Uh, one thing I'm really excited about is that the the advent of Disney Plus, all of the Disney Channel originally original movies we're going to be talking about seem to be on that platform. So as long as you have Disney Plus, you can also rewatch these films and enjoy them and then listen to our poignant synopsis and <laughs> our opinions on how this movies these movies were. <laughs> Should we get started? Let's get started. Okay, so first and foremost, this movie is starring some couple couple people that become well-known Disney people. Yeah, pretty heavy hitters. Heavy hitters. So first and foremost, we have Brandon Baker playing Johnny Kapahala. He is Johnny Tsunami, but not Tsunami. He's Johnny Kapahala, the main character of this this movie. Do you know anything about Brandon Baker? Yeah. Um, I recently read that he does a um, he ordains weddings for an elope in Colorado. Yes, that's what he does now. That's so awesome. I find that I did a deep dive on him. <laughs> I was excited to see that. I was like, "That's nice." It is nice. I expected it to be somewhere near Disneyland. Oh, as yeah, from no. Anaheim, which from is Anaheim. Disney. Yep, and then moved left. <laughs> <laughs> and then I half expected it to be in how like Hawaii, right? Because I just watched this movie about him and his whole life in Hawaii, right? Not Colorado. Nope. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, it also stars Yuji Aokumoto, who plays his father, um, Pete Peter Peter Kapahala. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, he yeah, had a ton of stuff. Most recently. He was in Ultra Low, a f- film, but with him in it. And usually he was also in a movie called Beta Test. And oh, he was in this Inception as like a, just a guy. He was Saito's attendant. So I'm not anything of note, I guess. Not really. It seems like he tends to play the villain. Which I could see. He definitely gave me a villain vibe, even though he was the dad in this thing. Yeah, well, he is a villain. He is the villain. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is him and him and brad or brett brett was a we'll get to him i'll talk to you about him in a little bit oh so true um the mom who i feel like was definitely underserved in this in this uh movie her name is mary page keller she hasn't done anything since like 2015 
but uh she was a actress that was in a bunch of stuff going up into that a couple like episodes parts here and there and then the other main adult person was johnny tsunami himself the grandpa gramps as i like to call him affectionately gramps carrie hirioku kui tagawa hard to say but he's another dude that looks like he could probably be like a wise old dude in movies mm-hmm. apparently he plays shang zoom in the mortal kombat video game and then i guess in the tekken movie adaptation he plays hihachi mishima so i guess he just plays like notable asian dudes i was gonna say i wanted to point that out johnny tapahala is supposed to be i'm assuming half hawaiian half white right but he is actually i believe filipino and white Mm -hmm. and then his father and grandfather are played by japanese men yeah so then they just in 99 they were just like uh let's get some asian looking people out there Let's get them out there. Let's get them doing some stuff. But it's not politically correct, but you know, it's what they can do in 99. Yeah. I mean, it worked. (laughs) It did. It did. Now, the couple of heavy hitters that we see in here. First off, we get Kristen Storms as playing Emily. Kristen Storms, for those of you that don't know, she is Xenon girl of the 21st century. We will be seeing her much later and we'll be talking about her extensively in her later years because i have a lot to say about (laughs) kristen storms who is now also on general hospital now as you we speak because she is amazing and i'm a big fan but one of our other big hitters the famous so this one this one's a little yeah this one's a little bit tougher so lee thompson young will be playing sam sterling in this movie and um he is best known for being the famous Jet Jackson, which was a gr- popular um, Disney Channel show, but the problem is that he uh, committed suicide a few years back, and he passed sadly. So that's gonna—it was a blast from the past seeing one of my favorite actors, young actors, and Lee Thompson Young on, back on my screen. He was 29 when he passed. He was a very talented child actor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this probably just led to some stuff. He uh, police confirmed the cause of the death was a self-inflicted gunshot wound after he had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder at some point and he had been taking medication for it. So that's just real sad. But um, I'm real happy that we got to see him here doing some real talented stuff as a young, young man. Agreed. Now I'm just like bummed out. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's okay. So we're going to we're going to bring it back up. We're going to talk about some of his good stuff. We're going to be talking about my man Silverstone, aka Jet Jackson. We're going to be talking about <clears throat> we're going to be talking about Xenon, girl of the 21st century. We're going to be talking about all these things. Lindsay, you ready to get into this movie? Let's do it. So we start out right. Our main character, Johnny Capahala, he's hanging out on this patio Hawaii beachfront, hanging out with these two white kids. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, let's stop down real fast already. He's in Hawaii, right? Have you ever been to Hawaii? I have when I was younger. Okay, I went a few years ago. There's a lot of like brown people there. I don't know why his two best friends are these two white kids. <laughs> I have no idea. Find at the time. Their diversity quota was already pretty high in this movie. And they're like, we got to fill in some more white kids. That's all we have. (laughs) I think you're right. And so they got some of the whitest kids they could find uh, to be Jake and Eddie. (laughs) His two buddies. Take their t-shirts off and suddenly they're Hawaiian. (laughs) It's true. Okay, yeah. So go on. They're just... Hanging out, eating some fresh cut pineapple, looking over some newspaper clippings and a scrapbook. Mm -hmm. Johnny tells them this story about his grandfather, Johnny Tsunami, who paddles out to save the lives of some people whose airplane crashed off the shore. Yeah, it's like a legend, they thought. They thought it was a legend, but it's, it's part of the news. Gramps comes up fresh from his waves in the middle of this story. He's a pretty humble dude. Like, he doesn't want to brag. Yeah. Oh, why are you telling that story? Super chill, bro. And, um, super chill, bro. He, uh, 
doesn't let it die, and Johnny goes and shows his friends this medal that his grandfather won for best surfer in Hawaii. Well, Gramps shuts him down, corrects him, and says, Not for the best surfer, bruh. Yeah. It's for whoever best it's exemplifies. For like the most righteous dude. Righteous dude. Best <laughs> exemplifies what surfing is. So yeah. that's yeah, yeah. respect for nature, courage to sh- surf, and brotherhood. So okay, so from this moment on, I was like, wait a minute. So this is Johnny Tsunami. So the movie's not about this kid. It's about this grandpa. That's first off. Secondly, he called him grandpa, and I'm like, this dude is. If this dude is not that old, so if this is his grandpa, how young is his dad? Because he was not that much of an age gap. I mean, Gramson shit. I think there was. I think he's just like, we're not used to seeing people at that age that in shape. Would you like to know the age gap between dad and grandpa? Oh, dad. It only it's like 10 years. Nine years. It's only nine years. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> grandpa that grandpa's just in really good shape. <laughs> but. So basically, right, we're down to respect for nature, courage to surf, and brotherhood. We cut right. to this competition, and there is this grown-ass adult man surfing. <laughs> and now lets us know that this is the grandson of the legendary Johnny Tsunami. So, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. That... Is this like a flash forward? I didn't realize it was a flash forward to a week at first. I thought it was a flash forward to like the future. And like, because you're right, it's a grown man surfing. But no, that's supposedly Johnny Kapahala, like a week after the initial scene when this 13 year old boy was talking to his friends. We're talking about like a week later. If that could be the next day. <laughs> True. But- Anyway, there's this, like, 30-year-old man surfing in his place, but we're just going to let that go because he shreds the competition. He gets back, you know, coming up on the beach, and he's got the support of everyone there, his friends and his grandpa and mom. Can't find dad anywhere. Dad's not there. Uh, one thing I did notice is that his he has two buddies named Eddie and Jake. Jake is an asshole. Yep. Right, Jake is like, he's not gonna do it. He's not gonna get it done. And then he does. And then he's like, See, I told I told you. And I was like, listen, man, I don't want a friend like Jake at all. Ah, he, it's just his person. He's a dick. He just sees the worst in everything. Right, which is the opposite of Johnny. Well, so he's called Pono. But go on. For you know, always seeing the positive. But we cut to the next scene and Johnny's coming home solo not sure why solo but it sets us up for a really uncomfortable conversation with his dad this Mm -hmm. conversation is where we see the douchebag parenting that the dad is just going to be laying down the whole movie yep listen so Peter is Johnny's dad Peter is a dick don't be like Peter if you have kids Peter's awful. He's, um, he can't find anything in common with his son. Like Johnny keeps trying super hard to find something for them to talk about because his dad clearly shows no interest in him. And Mm -hmm. Johnny shows interest in his work and his dad's like, Oh yeah, let me show you what I'm doing. And this douchebag pulls up the, top surfer ranking and how much money they make to show Johnny they make 34k a year just to show him that he has no future in surfing now what's crazy about that is first off dad is working on a old school computer because it's 1999 and he's doing what's basically cloud a cloud-based project right so what I can do through um through pages on my iPad now. He was basically working on that for schools, right? And dad is like, this is what you should be focused on. It's getting some good skills, not like my dad, who just cares about surfing and chilling out, bruh. And I was like, what's wrong with this relationship? Dad has a problem with his granddad. They're like, they're very close in age. I don't understand why he seems to hate him. And 
Peter is like legit lecturing his 13 year old son about needing money to like raise a family, which makes no sense for this 13 year old kid to be worried about raising a family at this age. Agreed. And the thing that threw me off even more is if you did not like your father so much, why did you name your son after him? <laughs> right? That's another, that's, that's another thing. Your son's name is Johnny. Your dad's name is Johnny. You seem to hate your dad. Why did you honor him by naming your 13-year-old son also Johnny? It's ridiculous. And this this dad's a complete douchebag. And Johnny just <laughs> Keeps taking it, smiling, saying, great. Looking for the positives. Yep. And he just like walks off. And after he walks away, that's when mom comes into the picture and we find out that dad has been withholding the fact that he has a new job and they're all going to move. Yeah. And it's going to be very soon. And Mel, the mom, she's like super understanding. She also loves Johnny Tsunami. She thinks Gramps is a great influence on Johnny, but it seems to be that her husband is a dick and he just doesn't seem to care. It's extremely frustrating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we wake up the next morning, Johnny's ready to head out surfing, and that's when his dad's like dropping the news. He tells him that he's accepted a job and that, you know, they're leaving soon and he is at Skyline Academy back east. Johnny's like super supportive of him. Like, oh, cool. I'm really cool. Like, glad that you're moving to East Hawaii. Like, let me know when you get there how it is. And the father's like, oh, wait, no, it's Vermont. And we're all moving to Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Johnny just takes it in a very like emotionally shutting down way. He's like, cool. You even, you even hit the main part, Lens. You haven't hit the main part. They're moving to Vermont, all of them. First and foremost, I thought the great thing that he, one of the best lines in the movie is that uh, Pete's like, we're moving to the East Coast. And then Johnny's like, oh, so like, Kauai. He's <laughs> thinking like the east side of the island. And he's like, oh, no, 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 the East Coast of America. And then Johnny's like, oh, okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay. Like he's processing it and he's like, when are we leaving? And he's like, in a week. Yeah. <laughs> Which is his kids in school. He has friends. His his granddad's here. And you're telling him that you're moving in a week? Come yes. on, bro. They're his entire life. He knows nothing but things. <laughs> this is so messed up. It's so messed up. Yeah. It feels very um intentional too. But yeah, like he like. Do you think if Mel doesn't say something the day before, do you think that uh, Pete's like bringing in boxes and says, "Pack up, Johnny. We're moving tomorrow." Definitely. Like, well, we found <laughs> the right time to tell you, and we ran out of time, so now's the time to tell you. Get in the car. We'll be. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Not even pack up, pack up boxes because it's when we get there. I feel like the whole new house is furnished, but. Yeah, uh, he just tells them pack a couple things. We're getting in a on the plane. We're going to Vermont. Yeah, and he handles it about as well as you would expect, right? Like, cool, great. Because <laughs> I have about a week left to do that. So, talk to you later. And yeah. he does sit down and have like a pretty good emotional goodbye with Gramps. Yeah, and then Gramps tells some hippie stuff about positive vibes and be chill, bruh. Be optimistic and it all works out. (laughs) So, like, I listen, okay, either Grandpa smokes a lot of pot, like a lot of pot, or he's just like a real cool chill, bruh. And I have no idea why Peter is not like his dad and how he thinks it's a bad thing that Johnny's going to be like his dad. Well, we don't ever really find that out. Like, that's. I, I looked for that. I really did. And unfortunately, it does not come to us. But Johnny says goodbye to Gramps, gets in the car to go to the airport, and pretty much from this point, it all starts going downhill from him. <laughs> he yeah. arrived- oh, side note, the music in this movie is amazing. If anyone didn't know, the music just slaps. It's just so good. <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> 
Like this, I don't even know what the soundtrack is, but the songs seem to be at the right time. They're poignant. I'm like loving it because at this point, after this like great scene, there's some like this song that's playing as they're about to get on the plane and as they're leaving Gramps, and it's just it was just such a good song. Go ahead. I don't remember that part, but it all starts to go downhill. He arrives in a blizzard wearing his Hawaiian shirt and shorts. His dad won't let him call Gramps. He goes to school on his first day, but he doesn't have his uniform, so he sticks out. All the white kids at this prep school are complete dickheads. Which is all the kids, right? So before we really dig in deep there, I want to talk about the fact that uh, when they get on the plane, mom tells him to wear something. Did he leave out his warm clothes? I feel like she should have been a little bit more specific. She should have told him exactly what to wear because he's a kid and he should be dressing like his parents tell him to do. But he doesn't. He gets to Vermont in a Hawaiian shirt. Next thing that was crazy to me was that um, his dad tries to sell him on the fact that, oh, this is going to be great. You're at a new school. Everything's good. But these kids are jerks. They're, yeah, they're terrible. The, like, he he's eating lunch alone. He's getting picked on for just existing. So the kid, the main kids in this thing are Brett, Emily. What? I am. How is it not Brad? How is how it, is it not Brad? Brad? You even said it earlier. You're like, Brad. And I, as soon as it came on the screen, I was like, this kid's name has to be Brad. But no. Okay. So for, you know what? We're going to fix that right here. Going forward, we're just going to call him Brad. Okay. I'll be calling him Brad going forward because that's it should be his name. Well, I was going to uh, call head number one. Mm, that's so long. That's so long. True. I had douche nozzle here in my notes. So I'm just <laughs> going to go with Brad because Brad's like a douche name. So we're going to go with Brad. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily, I will be referring to her as Xenon going forward. And other kid, his other friend, like Brad's like henchman guy. We're just going to call him douche one. All right. I would. Yeah. I don't even know that kid's name. Neither do I. I don't know either. We're just, we're just gonna, we know what? Not even douche one. We're going to call him douche. He's douche. Brad is Brad. Cause Brad is a big part. Douche is just there. Fair. Fair. Well, so, all going downhill, these kids are being awful to him. Um, the lunch lady serves him canned pineapple to the point where he doesn't <laughs> recognize that it's pineapple. Yeah. He falls over in the ski shop and he's knocking over all of the oh, stuff. That's when he was Xenon. So, like, so, okay, we, let's set that up a little bit because this was insane. Brad is just picks on him all day at school, his first day. Johnny's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt, not wearing the uniform. And then Brad's like, hey, you want to go skiing? (laughs) We're just going to be able to pick on you because you're an idiot. And, you know, Johnny wants to impress Xenon. Who doesn't? It's Kristen Storms. So he's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And after before he even does that, Brad sees that Johnny is in a magazine for his surf prowess and throws it in the trash like a jerk. Yeah. He was highlighted in this magazine for being one of like the up, up and coming young surfers. Yeah, and, which is dope if you think about it. Yeah, and he's thirteen. Brings it in the garbage and reads it, and then pretty much does nothing with that information moving forward. <laughs> you know, you know what's really weird is that if okay, I didn't do a lot of like super duper cool things as a kid, right? But if I did. And I was in the paper for it, or like I was in the magazine. Would your would my parents just pull me out of this and put me into something else? No, because that's not that's how you stifle your kid, Peter. I'm looking at you. That's how you stifle your kid, right? We have a magazine that has Johnny Kapahala in it. He should be leaning into surfing because he could be able to do other things with it. But no, Peter's a terrible dad. But anyway, going on, Brad. <laughs> Can he though? Because we already looked and saw that they only make thirty four k a year. So <laughs> I'm a thirteen year old, and I'm looking at what thirty k is. I have no idea what that means. So you have taught me nothing. Beside <laughs> the point, he's having a bad time, right? He's in this uh, right. 
shop. He gets everything knocks over. Everyone's laughing at him. Um, Brad pushes him down the hill. He takes his first run on knees, just kamikaze style, and face plants at the shop oh. very end of the run. I want to do a realism check real fast. Um, this is something I want to do going forward in these things. I want to stop down every once in a while and look at these things from a realistic point of view. All right. Yes, it's a movie, but I do want to talk about this. So Johnny's at the top of this mountain. Xenon goes and she gets her skis checked and Brad and douche push him. Right. First and foremost, as he's skiing down this mountain for the very first time in his life, he somehow stays on his skis the whole time, which is impressive. But very unrealistic. Also, it's probably the really? same thirty-four-year-old man that was filming him something. <laughs> Just correct, correct, correct. Well, as Johnny goes down the mountain, he then falls at the bottom of the mountain and skids, skids into the ski shop, skids, and he just tweaks his back. That's it. That's literally the extent of his injuries. Yes, his mom did ask, did you fall? And he said, only once, but I made it count. <laughs> also, after he does that, does he just take off the ski and says, I'm done. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> and then, like, leaves. Um, but then that whole incident led to his dad criticizing him for trying to make new friends and going skiing. He's like, I hope this yeah. teaches you a lesson. And he's like, what? Hey possible lesson could that be <laughs> pete pete get off your kid's back man get off his back let him be a kid yes he tried to make some friends yes he tried something new no it didn't work out what did you want him to do with that day uh, he wanted him to hit the book because that's what matters <laughs> having no connections and only being able to read <laughs> oh man <sighs> pete I know, but we just right. forward. He gets his uniform, but he chooses to not go in uniform. So he gets pulled into the headmaster's office for a dress code violation. So he wears the blazer that they're supposed to wear, but he wears like a floral Hawaiian shirt underneath. It right? looked pretty cool. And it looked cool. It reminded me of like, do you remember the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Yes. Okay, do you remember when Will goes to in the like first season he starts going to uh what's it called prep beller prep yeah and he turns his jacket inside out so it has like the red and the uh the outside yeah yeah it reminded me of that because i was like oh this is like will smith like looking fresh and uh the moment he gets to class his mary Kay laterno looking teacher sends him on his way yeah he's pretty much just trying to have a personality and not get rid of all of it but yeah. He gets sent to the headmaster's office, and that's when he learns that Xenon is actually mm-hmm. the daughter of the headmaster. Yep. Doing big things she is. Yep. Big fan of Xenon. And she he, messes with them, and she tells them that her dad hates dress code violators. Yep. That's when it starts to occur to you that this might be a love interest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But actually, for me, it wasn't even at that moment. It was the moment that he sits down and she like gives him like a flirty look. And Brad looks back and looks in her face. And I was like, oh, Brad's a bad guy. Oh, Xenon's in love. <laughs> well, she doesn't show it very well, to be fair. Like, she's pretty cold through this movie. Okay. Yeah, sort of. The only thing I'm... You can see the size that she's interested. Point is, yeah, she's kind of messing with him. So it's like, okay, well, something, something's going from here. But that's when they start to mm-hmm. like, actually... Openly flirt. Anything, Openly right? flirt, yeah. Turns out the dad, headmaster, has no problems with dress code, and it goes really easily. So she was just straight up messing with him. Mm-hmm. Gets them... Mm-hmm. A different flow going so they're hitting it off but like dickhead brad is not feeling that at all no not at all not at all brad looks back doesn't like the flirting i actually want to see a brad like spinoff movie i want to know if he was like always a jerk is there like 
someone in his it's like his mom like an alcoholic does he have like a scholarship like what's the reason behind brad being a jerk from the jump how is he like super in with xenon because he like seems to like love her it's like she was bequeathed to him she was betrothed to him they were born skies <laughs> and once you're a sky you're never gonna unless you go full urchin right well, go ahead <laughs> no that's when we learn there are two schools Johnny's going home on the bus, and he meets this kid, Sam, famous judge. The only black kid in the whole movie. Exactly. And he attends a public school, and he breaks all down. So the private school kids are skies, and they exclusively mm-hmm. ski, and they have the best side of the mountain. Public school mm-hmm. kids, the urchins, they snowboard and they have the shitty side of the mountain Mm -hmm. johnny and sam become like insta best friends yeah because they looked around and realized oh crap we're the only two minorities in this whole town so (laughs) we need to team up and i'm sure sam was like thank god there's another brown kid here because (laughs) (laughs) this is not good so their friendship starts to grow, but like as their friendship grows, the pressures of them being like skies and urchin just keeps getting worse. Sam yep. teaches Johnny how to board, and he we get like a the first of many montages of him teaching his young Padawan learner how to snowboard. Right, he's much better at it than he is at skiing, but he still has a lot to learn. But uh-huh. like. As we continue, as he gets better, it just gets worse and worse, right? Everyone wants to maintain mm-hmm. the status quo. He shouldn't be boarding because he's a sky and he shouldn't mm-hmm. be hanging out with the urchins. It just keeps getting worse, right? But Sam doesn't mm-hmm. give up on teaching Johnny and they just continue to get more and more close and learn more about each other. So Xenon, who has been strict about whose side of the mountain she belonged on, all of a sudden shows up to learn how to board with Johnny. It's absolutely Mm -hmm. ridiculous because she has been such a stick in the mud. But all of a sudden she's showing up in like incognito. Wait, wait, you feel like she's been a stick in the mud the whole time? When it comes to which side of the mountain... Yes. Okay, so she's she's been a stick in the mud about skies versus urchins, but her feelings for Johnny has been there has been very prevalent. You get that scene where he's walking, he's trying to ask about the sky and urchin thing, and she's pulling books in the library, and they're like peeking at each other and smiling at each other in the library, and then you get the scene right before this one where she says to him, "You know, Johnny, I don't get you," and he's like, "What's there to get, bro?" And she's like, it's just that, you know, you're a sky and you're here with us guys, but you want to hang out with the urchins. I just don't get it. And he's like, well, bruh, you wouldn't even be able to understand how you do snowboard, bruh, because it's much more harder than being a skier, bruh. I feel like that's how Johnny talks all the time, by the way. It kind of is, yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, bruh. And she's like, oh, I don't know about that. And then she shows up, like you said, incognito, wearing like this thing over her face. And she's like, I'm here to learn how to snowboard. And he's like, all right, bro. There's another one defecting from skiing. And she's like, "Uh, I'm not defecting from skiing. I'm becoming Hermione Granger and being versatile. Yeah, I just felt like she got duped a little bit because he's like, oh, you can't do it. And she's like, you can't tell me I can't do it. And then that's how we end up here. But she's been very clear that she is a skier. She is a sky. Sky ski. Yeah. But she gets cocky really quick. So they teach her how to snowboard. And all of a sudden, she's like, I'm ready for my first run. They're on what seems to be a very easy run. And then before you know it, she's gone off the cliff. And she's dangling in like a super death experience. And then the famous Jed Jackson tries to use his super spy skills. And he says, you know what? I'm going to save her. And he tries to help, and then he falls down, too. So now they're both hanging off the side of this cliff. And Johnny, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to do the same thing that my friend just did. I'm going to go get the ranger. So he is, like, rocketing down this mountain, taking all of the jumps, 
which we know he just. Yeah, but he's also tumbling and flipping and he's falling. But he's getting down the mountain. Yep. He's getting down. He catches some really sick air at one point. And, <laughs> and then the whole snowboarding community is looking up at him and they're like, oh, is that that surfer kid, bro? No, <laughs> it is that surfer kid, bro. And they're like, man, that dude caught some serious air. Looks like he's now in. He's one of us. Right. So he gets to the, he almost gets ran over by the ranger, but that just gets passed over. And they go and they like highly dramatized rescue where they have a snowmobile and they could easily just tie the rope around the snowmobile and pull them up quickly. But instead we're going to do it by hand and it's just going to be really intense pulling for a while. And uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, they almost pull uh, Xenon up to this point and Johnny's like right at the cliff and it looks like he's just going to go in and kiss her. But as we know, <laughs> 1990-whatever, we didn't kiss in decom movies. So we moved right. right 99. Yeah, we didn't do that. And uh, we save the Jet Jackson, who's still hanging down there, being like, guys, guys, I know you're having a moment, but save me too. I'm, yeah, I'm still here, guys. So for some reason after this, everybody seems to blame Johnny for Emily's near Xenon's near death thing I, di- I didn't understand so xenon calls her dad the moment she's like safe if if you did that and no one saw you why are you calling your dad i'm getting the like i think they missed out on the fact that it had been a long while because johnny's parents at some point said we were worrying about you which makes mm. at some point the kids didn't turn up and we just skipped over the amount of time that they were actually hanging off a cliff and they should have right. been home hours ago. Cause it seems like everybody is taking it out on Johnny and for reasons that I still do not understand nor will, but everybody blames him for it. Right. He, mm-hmm. he, saved mm-hmm. the day, he did nothing wrong and he didn't push anybody over the cliff, nor did he go over a cliff. He gets right. for everything. Um, this is just like bad parenting again, right? Yeah, because he gets home and Pete is pissed. And he starts he starts talking about how he's going to end up being just like his, his dad. Once again, Pete's dad issues are coming into play. Mm-hmm. And he talks about that he's trying to get it. He, pull, he pulled him all the way across the country and he's still seeing his dad at him. And that's when Mel is like, wait a minute. Don't tell me this move was about us moving away from gramps yep <laughs> by the way and he he lies and he's like well, yeah. no it was just a plus but like he's just a bad dad right like yeah bad well johnny's eavesdropping and basically hears all of this stuff about him not liking his dad and hoping that you know that that relationship ended and yeah. johnny walks away and misses the important part about like well, mom comes and defends him. Right. Mom coming through it in the clutch. Mel in the clutch. He's like, he has some great qualities. He, uh, the granddad is talking about all the good viewpoints on stuff. Peter, you need to get your shit together, basically. Yeah. I mean, she says the only thing that is causing a rift between you and your son is you not embracing who he is and trying to change him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Preach, Mel. Exactly. Preach. Exactly. So we jump back to the slopes and Johnny now has the major slope cred from his rescue. Yeah. Yep. And he gets invited by the urchins to go on a sky raid, which is basically them going and illegally boarding on this year's runs. But mm-hmm. first they run into Xenon and the gang of dickheads. Well, before we do that, though, we get another sick shredding montage of them hitting the slopes. Boom, boom, boom. Johnny's got this cool hat. That's the same thing that Jet Jackson wears. It's flowing in the wind. It's like, boom, boom. Another sick song is playing. And then that's when Brad comes through with his yellow jacket and his team behind him all wearing the same jacket, all in formation. It was terrible. And Xenon's a part of that crew now because... I mean, she, she got in trouble. Well, she was always part of the crew, but like now she's like rank and file. 
Yeah, I mean, she stays silent a lot, doesn't do anything for a while. But uh, Brad starts a physical fight with Johnny over... Straight up pushes him. Yeah, like, fight, fight. And gets busted up by the ski patrol, which makes things even worse, right? So now Mm -hmm. it's pulled into the headmaster's office, because apparently if you fight off campus, that's still, you got to come to the school. Come to the school, right? The head mm-hmm. does this whole really weird lecture to him, and it almost sounded to me like, come to the dark side, we have opportunities. I actually had it, it was even worse than that. Um, I had, as I was watching it, this is what I felt like. <sighs> the headmaster, he puts Johnny on probation, right? But then he says... I don't care, Johnny, that it's not your fault. That's not what I heard from Brad. Brad told me that this is how this works and you need to make a decision. You either going to have friends like the urchin kids, which I read as the brown kids, or you could have friends like us embrace your white side. Cause he said, we have different opportunities that those other kids don't have. And then immediately I was like, Oh no, is this not what, I, is this what I'm thinking this is? Yeah. And I think Mel, Felt the same way I did. Yeah. The white person in the room felt like it was horrible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But Peter's like, you should be listening to the headmaster, Johnny. But mom was like, well, hold on. Are we saying that the opportunities that have been afforded to Johnny because he is at a school with white people is better than the kids that go to the public school that have lesser means? I was like, this is some high key racism in full effect. Yeah. That's exactly what was going on. But. Headmaster's telling you to get rid of your friends. Yeah. I didn't expect this deep political uh, scene to be in this movie wrapped in like, you know, poi and coconuts. I didn't expect that to be in this movie. (laughs) But it's real. And Mm -hmm. our main character, Johnny's life really only gets worse when he goes home to find Jet Jackson waiting for him. And he's saying that his father is being deployed to a new post with the promotion and he's moving, mm-hmm. which means he's going to be leaving our poor Johnny behind and he will have no friends. Oh, and then it gets even worse than that because once he has a serious conversation with his Insta best friend, he then goes inside and his dad's like, well, good riddance to him. And I was like, Pete, when did you become racist? When did that happen? Because I didn't like you're you're an Asian dude, man. What's why are you okay with the one other black kid, the other brown kid in the city leaving? And it's because he hates his father. What? All of this <laughs> relates to him hating his father. Yes, because he thinks that Johnny should spend more time hanging out with the dickheads and less yep. time hanging out with the minorities. And- <laughs> yep. Johnny just pretty much breaks at this point. He's been a really positive guy, but at this point, he just like lays into the parents about how he moved to this place. These people have been terrible for like to him. And like he throws this dig at his father that is just like, I wish grandpa was here because at least he understands me, which completely confirms what Mel was saying earlier to dad. And I think it's now trying, like, wheels are turning, right? Mm -hmm. For dad, because I think he's starting to catch on. But not fast enough, because Sam and Johnny somehow sneak aboard a military plane and somehow get to Hawaii. I want a reality check here. Okay, so earlier in the movie, there's a couple scenes. We find out that Sam's father is a, Jay Jackson's father is a military guy. Um, during that scene, they're they're talking like in Johnny's room to talk about planes and stuff. And then Johnny asks him, uh, "Does do you know if they fly over Hawaii?" I was like, "Hmm." First off, okay. When Johnny is leaving his grandpa, the grandpa's like, "Oh no, you have a place here anytime you want." And I was like, "Okay, that's cool, that's nice." But then later on, Johnny talks to the grandfather on the phone, and the grandfather says, "Oh no, I have a hammock here waiting for you whenever you're ready." And I was like, "Hmm." He asked about the military plane flying over Hawaii. Huh. 
he's having a dilemma here. Huh. So when they show up in Hawaii, walking across the beach, I have so many questions. First and foremost, how do you sneak into a military facility as two 13-year-old children? Get on a plane Secondly, somehow get to Hawaii and then safely on the beat. Like, how do you know exactly which plane is going to the military base in Pearl Harbor? Once you figure that out, because there's no like terminal. So how did you figure that out? Once you figure that out, and once you got on said plane, how do you sneak off the plane? Once you sneak off the plane, how do you then know that that base is near where your grandfather is? How does no one stop you and your black friend from walking across the beach? Or just the two of you after you've just walked out of a military facility? Where are the adults? Who knows? It just I at this point I do not have faith in the Disney military. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a big problem for Cadet Kelly. We'll get to that eventually. <laughs> However, once they get to Grandpa's, Grandpa refuses to send the kids back. Which I thought was super good parenting. Because he tells Pete. He tells him that basically he's not going to send them back until they're ready to go back. Because if he does, they'll just run away again. Mm-hmm. And that was super wise. It was super wise. And that doesn't really go over well with dad. And No, it doesn't. Mom gets it, though. Mom gets it. Even Sam, Chet Jackson's dad, he gets it. He's like, oh, okay. And Pete's like, get out of here, dad, tsunami. What do you mean you're not going to send them back? What? Yeah. Well, it causes quite the rift between mom and dad. Because that's when mm-hmm. mom just kind of lays it down that, like, you are not the man I married and we're going to get a divorce because of you. Yeah. Because you're like, you're a fun sponge and it's cool. Uh-huh. You've been sponging all the fun, but you will not sponge any more fun from my son. That was a lot of rhyming and that was unintentional. <laughs> That's you will not be the sun fun sponge here. Exactly. So there's a huge rift starting and it's just getting tense, right? But mm-hmm. Johnny and Sam are hanging out with Gramps and they're going to learn how to surf. They're going to teach Sam how to surf. And, the save, and then we get the fifth montage of the movie where Johnny and Tsunami, two different people, then teach Jet Jackson how to surf, which is super dope. And super fun as a good friend. Yeah, he even bails on his super white Hawaiian friends to hang out with his minority friend all day because that's what he did to teach him how to board, and he's repaying yep. later. So, all great, but we start to drop more wisdom on, you know, being positive and making things work, and Johnny decides that he's ready to go back to Hawaii. So mm-hmm. and Graham says, I'm coming with you, bro. Flies them back, and this pisses dad off like no other because he did not want his dad there. And Grandpa Tsunami basically is not wanted in Vermont. But by by Peter. By, not by Mel, not by Johnny, but only by Peter. But it eventually leads to them having a heart to heart. And basically, Grandpa reminds Peter of the time that he gave up surfing and Pete's like, yeah, well, it's really good. You didn't make me get in the water again because there's nothing you could have done that changed. that would change my mind. And then grandpa is clearly setting up the lesson to be like, no matter what you do, Johnny won't listen to what you're going to say. So mm-hmm. try and force him to be somebody else, but he is just like you and me. And he's going to have to make his own decision. So Mm -hmm. dad's starting to see that he's been a real dick. And it's starting to heal those wounds between Gramps and dad. Mm -hmm. Johnny and Gramps decide to go boarding. Turns out Grandpa Tsunami is just amazing at snowboarding. He's been on a board before, bruh. Yeah. Well, he another montage of them just shredding the the slope. Shredding, shredding, yep. slopes, 
crushing it. Tsunami doing tricks. Johnny doing tricks. Tsunami doing tricks. And then people are like, whoa, bruh, this is crazy. <laughs> but unfortunately, they run into Emily Xenon. Xenon. Mm-hmm. So they're acting even worse than usual, even though they're in the presence of like an elderly person. An elder. <laughs> yeah. Still being a complete dickhead. And Johnny challenges Brad to a race. And the winner gets to pick the side of the mountain. And Brad's like, why would I do that? Because I already have. And we're going to keep things the same. We're already the white guys and we already get everything we want. Why would I change things? So Grandpa Tsunami throws in the best surfer medal to the winner. No relevance here. But the moment he says that, I thought it was great acting by Johnny when he's like, Grandpa, no, you can't add that in there. And immediately gave this medal, which had zero value outside of Hawaii. It instantly became the most valuable thing in Vermont to Brad because he was like, Johnny cares about this thing. Fuck yeah, I want it. Yeah, well, and Grandpa Tsunami is actually wearing the medal, which is pretty weird. If you see that <laughs> He just had that ready and available to, you know, put up as the... uh, It made sense to me. Let me tell you why. It is the most valuable thing to a surfer in Hawaii to win that medal. And do you think with with Grandpa being in another state, he could just leave that lying around? No, bruh. You got to keep that on your person at all times because you never know who might try to come and steal the greatest surfer medal ever. Well, you also never know when you're going to have to challenge a Brad. True. True. Well, here we are challenging a Brad and Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's going to happen on the next day. Basically he's in, we're going to do this. Johnny and dad now start to have like, an emotional heart to heart, right? And they just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this apology fest where they just start apologizing for everything they've ever done. Well, it seems to be working. And they start to get to like each other a little bit more. And Johnny invites dad to the race. Yep. He does this like complete 180 of a different person. And he's like, You have to win that race, Johnny, because we have to keep that medallion in the family. As if this guy gave a shit about this medallion ever. So l- let me tell you what I figured it out. Like when I was watching that scene, all that pent up anger that he had with his dad, the moment that was clear, he was able to expel the racism from his body. And he then took back the laid back chill surfer new vibe that Tsunami had been trying to shape him into all along. I guess. I just felt like he might be bipolar at this point because I was like, this is a completely different person. You don't go from like, you can never board and you can never serve to, okay, you have to board and you have to win within like 24 hours. But because it was because it was a family heirloom, the greatest surfer that ever lived was Johnny Tsunami. You have to protect this medal at all costs. Well, we've now got the support of dad and we're now at race day and Xenon comes up and basically explains to Johnny why she's been a bitch and just said that her dad told her to stay away and Johnny forgives her pretty instantaneously and they're back to their flirting ways. Have you, have you not seen Xenon? Kristen Storms? I get it. I'm with him. Johnny Kapahala, I'm with it. I understand why he instantly was like, it's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> well, forgives her. She wishes him luck. And now we're on. Everybody shows up to this race, right? Like, Sam you know why? was supposed to be gone. I don't know why. Sam was supposed to be I'll gone. I'll tell you why. Sam was supposed to be moved by now. And, like, the military actually moved the orders because they heard how epic this race was gonna be yeah there was a deleted scene you missed it this is what happened in the scene oh sam's dad goes to his military people and says so my son's friend is going to be competing in the competition for the whole mountain and they said 
okay, that's cool. That's crazy. And he says, no, 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 you don't understand the greatest surfer medal of all time that has been held by Johnny Tsunami. That medal will be on the line. They made a call to President Clinton himself. <laughs> and President Clinton said, oh, we, we have to we can just change his orders. We have to change his orders because Sam Jed Jackson has to be there to watch his friend defend this medal because if douche nozzle Brad gets this medal, then he is going to go join Saddam Hussein and we will have a nuclear event on our hands. You missed that. Brooklyn had a cameo. It got cut for time. That makes a lot more sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So that's why everybody is at this race. Correct. 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 The military. They were afraid that he would join Saddam. Got it. Okay. Well, cutting to the beginning of the race, Brad, Johnny, they're ready. Johnny's like super chill. Like whenever you're ready, we're going to go. <sighs> Brad, in typical Brad fashion, pushes Johnny down and then takes off. Oh, man. Brad was being a real Brad in this movie. And especially during this race, Brad, Brad continually knocks Johnny throughout the race and we keep cutting between brad and johnny being next to each other then these 20 year old dudes being next to each other then brad and johnny being next to each other on a close-up tight shot then some 20 year old dudes being next to each other doing these tricks it was crazy <laughs> it was really intense definitely with all the switching and whatnot but i'm pretty mm -hmm. sure once we get near the end they are neck and neck and mm -hmm. brad just hits this jump weird and just like misses the finish line by like an inch and johnny comes across that finish line clean and smooth and for some reason everybody is really excited that johnny won and brad just kind of like storms off so <laughs> he now has like the urchins with him his gramps with him and then he's got the skies and emily they're all doing this like group hug and brad's just like gone He's united the peoples. They didn't know this was going to happen this way, but they're very happy that Johnny was the one that was promised. It was an old legend that was out there that he would unite the people. And here he is. Uh -huh. well, he was, the, he was uh, Azura High, the one that was promised. My favorite part of this scene is Johnny's dad screams to the whole entire crowd there, like, after party is at our place, which is... <laughs> just ridiculous but we cut to the party right somehow you're having a luau. Luau. You're luau got a roasted pig going with like <laughs> five minutes notice and <laughs> mom and dad tell johnny that he can finish off the school year in hawaii with gramps but he opts to stick it out in vermont you've united the people johnny thank you you are welcome to leave I know your best friend's no longer here, and I know that you don't exactly have the girl. So if you would like, you would leave. And then Johnny goes, you know, bruh, I think I want to stick around and rule the skies for a little bit, bruh. Yeah, it's not so bad here. And after this conversation, the two guys that run the ski shop and the snowboard shop, respectively, they come up and tell Johnny that they are actually the original sky and original urchin and their brother brothers they split johnny's their father died and so they split the mountain in two but johnny's benevolence has made them realize that they were wrong all along and it's time to unite the mountain back into one and tomorrow we shall be opening the brothers ski and snowboard shop mountain resort and all open to everybody all access at all times thank you johnny for showing us the way that medallion that you now wear around your neck proudly has saved america and has saved the mountain <laughs> so we wrap up this movie with grandpa tsunami asking johnny if the world is ready for the next johnny tsunami and he says they better be. And then I'm here, bro. I'm here. And then he basically like junior high gymnasium slow dances with Xenon to wrap up the entire movie. And that's yep. it. 
That and is that's awesome. how your guy gets the girl. That's how that's how you do it. This movie was much better than I expected. It's a fantastic. It is a classic when it comes to these deep palms for sure. I enjoyed it immensely. Immensely. I mean, I enjoyed it. Who, I watched it twice. Who won the movie? Who won? Who's the? Give me the top three big winners in this movie. Oh gosh. Um. So Gramps wins always. Always, Johnny Tsunami, the best dude ever. Ever. And then I've got to say that Sam comes probably second. Okay. Just because, I don't know, he learns how to surf. He gets a free vacation. He doesn't get in trouble for running away. Yeah. And uh, young Johnny comes after that, I'd say. Okay, so my people that win the movie, number one with a bullet is his mom. She has logic the whole way through. And she tries to tell Peter the whole way, tries to help him. And then when she tells him, we're going to get a divorce over this, basically, that's when Peter's like, I got to fix this. Um, number two that wins the movie is obviously Johnny Tsunami. Gramps is like the best. And he just has like righteous wisdom, bruh, the whole way through. And then the third person that wins the movie, I have to go with you and I have to say Sam. He goes out there, he learns how to surf in a day. He learns how to, so teaches a random kid how to snowboard. He helps unite the mountain. Sam is the number three winner of this movie. Fair. Who's your biggest loser of this movie? Other than Brad. I mean, dad, dad is, dad is the worst. He barely learns. He doesn't, understand how anything works and i'm pretty sure he just fixes himself for a day and then he'll probably go right back to his douchebag ways once no one's watching or threatening divorce it was the divorce this mel's pending divorce hangs over his head always and i think he'll stay the way he i think he's shaped up because that divorce is always going to be coming i hope so but he by far is the villain of the movie, even though we have a Brad. Yeah. Who who wins in life? It's a very obvious answer, I think. I don't know. Kristen Storm. Xenon. She ends up having a threequel on the Disney Channel. She's currently on General Hospital. She's on Days of Our Lives for forever. She 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 wins. It was Lee Thompson Young, then rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? But Kristen Kristen Storm is just she's winning. She wins the whole. She wins that. I her or Brand or uh Brandon because Brandon Baker he gets out of acting and because he wants to and then he likes is living his life seems to be happily in Colorado. So either him or Kristen. Kristen has a better career, but Brandon might have a better life. Yeah, that's what I was kind of concerned about was I bet he has a, you know, I don't know, more stable life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's all guessing because I don't know him personally. <laughs> do you you want to know one of the coolest things I read today as I was reading up about Brandon? I do. He said in one of his in- interviews that he is done acting unless they make another Johnny Tsunami movie because... Johnny Tsunami is a character that is him and that he is. And if Disney Channel wants him back, that's probably the only acting role he'll do. Because he just loves this character and this kid's growth so much. And I thought that was like real touching that you were so find yourself so connected to a character that no matter the age, no matter the time, you're more than willing to play this character because you feel internally you are Johnny Capahala. So basically what you're telling me is we're going to have a movie in which he is the dad that had to support that family that his dad was talking about back in Hawaii that you said that was too far in the future for him to worry about. And it's just going to be what a movie about him being stressed out about (laughs) raising a family on a snowboarder's salary. I think it's going to be a movie about him. um, Not raising a family but being a surfer and he's probably you know what i I could see him having like the next giant snow someone's gonna be competing in the competition and then he shows up and he's like the wise old sage 
Fair. Okay. I would watch that. <laughs> and it is still going to be called Johnny Tsunami, but it's going to be about like Brad's son. And he's teaching him how to not be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, I'm looking forward to that. So if he said he's in, we should probably send a memo. I'm Go ahead and tweet Disney Channel when this coronavirus thing is done. Um, tweet the Disney Channel. We're, we're, we're recording this in the height of the coronavirus. So tweet the Disney Channel. Uh, tweet Disney Plus because I would love to see a direct to Disney Plus movie with Johnny Capahala. Killing the game. Yep, I'm for it. Lindsay, you got anything else for us today? That's all I had. That's all I got too. This has been a blast, and I can't wait to do this again with you. I missed this. This has been. I've missed this too. This has been DCOM after dark. Lindsay, you got anything to plug? You got any uh your socials? Nah. Nah. Mm-mm. You can find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter. I'm a boring follow, but you can follow me at KG Fury. If you have any e- emails that you would like to, uh, any movies you want us to watch, you can email us at dcomafterdark at gmail.com. Other than that, I think we're good to go here. Until next time. Until next time. Bye.